0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Houston, Texas, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but maybe you're afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time. UFC, politics, film, TV, sex, drugs, rock and roll. This is a no holds Bar radio show, folks, and we're here with my co-host, TJ DeSantis. TJ, how are you? I'm
1: good. With John Morgan on the line, I'm hoping maybe we can talk some Adidas shell toes or something like that. Uh,
0: we had a lot of talk about John Morgan. Our special guest is John Morgan. You all know him from Junkie.com. You all know him from USA Today, and you all know him because at the press conferences after the UFC, he's usually the first one to get <laughs> to ask a question. That's right, John. We know you're always in, always in line, always at bat. How are you, John?
2: I'm good, man. I'm pumped up. Just hearing your voice even in a podcast opening gets me hyped up, man. I tell you, uh, no matter how many times I, I get the honor to, uh, to hear you shout it out at UFC events, man, it, it gets you pumped up every time. So uh, props to you for doing it, man.
0: Thanks. I appreciate it so much, John. You always make me feel good. You know, you're a good friend, too. Um, let's talk a little UFC. Right now, we're going back to Houston. Right, twenty-two thousand sold out. You're from Dallas. You're living in Vegas, and now you're traveling back to Texas. How's that feel?
2: It's awesome, man. I love being back in Texas. I mean, I've been in Vegas for I think thirteen years now, so it's it's home to me. And I don't I don't plan on ever leaving, man. I love it. But uh, you know, at my heart, I'm always a proud Texan. So anytime we can come back to here, it's nice. And uh, you know, man, it's always a good crowd. And man, you saw how amazing Jacksonville was. I think I think Houston's gonna be just as good. I mean, the Texas crowds are always big. They always are excited. But I think people are just so pumped up right now to be back doing things again. I mean, we've missed all this stuff in our lives. Uh, I cannot wait till, uh, till Saturday night to experience it all.
0: Yeah, I can't wait either. It'd be interesting to see when I walk out if we get the <clears throat> I get the same kind of reaction I got from the fans in Florida. Right? You know,
2: was so just cool. Like- I don't I don't know if people know this, but yeah, I mean. I mean, look, me, little old me, John Morgan was getting yelled at when I walked out to my CD yep. press row. The crowd was so yep. excited. They were like, John, John, John. So if they were excited for me, you can imagine what they did when Bruce Buffer walked in. Before the cameras were on, before the TV was rolling, they started cheering for Bruce as he was making his way to k cage side. And I thought it was so cool what you did. You actually went into the octagon before the show and kind of gave a little acknowledgement to everybody and say hello. And the, the whole place went nuts. And, uh, man, honestly, it set the tone for the whole night. Everybody talks about how great the first fight was that night and how it set the tone you set the tone not the first (laughs) fight you set the tone you were already in the cage
0: that's my job that's what I do but you know what? that was a feeling I had like when I walked into Brazil you know and uh
1: this is my Bruce Buffer impersonation right now all right well you know what John (laughs) We'll, we'll figure out what's going on with Bruce. He'll be back in a moment, but I, I actually should like take uh, advantage of this opportunity because if he heard me, his head's just going to get big. But the fact <laughs> that Bruce buffer made the ViStar veterans Memorial arena pop just with his presence kind of makes me feel like Bruce is a symbol of Americana in a way.
2: Oh, I, I think, there, I think you're so right about that, man. He's definitely become that. I mean, you know we we talked a lot about like what happens when joe rogan walks away what happens when dana white walks away i mean what happens when these icons of the sport you know that, that we've gotten used to walk away but bruce is i think foremost among all those like said i don't want to let the man's head get too big if, right. when he when he hears this but i mean like, like listen like joe martinez is awesome man like he is right. a phenomenal announcer i love the way he says like the spanish names and stuff he nails that you know he's great He's not Bruce Buffer. And I don't mean right. that as any disrespect to him. Buffer is, is a different thing. And even what Bruce was alluding to there, like in Brazil, man, I mean, it's gosh, I feel like it's been a while since we've been to Brazil, but man, you know, the way that that crowd started mimicking like every word that he says and, and, and shouting it all back to him. Very, very cool. He's, he's definitely become a part of the culture.
1: Yeah. You say, you know what, what's going to happen when Bruce walks away, he's not going to walk away. He's going <laughs> to die. Like he's going to die in that job. Yeah. And
2: I, I said that the wrong way. What happens when they drag him out? Is right, exactly. Said, he ain't yeah. walking away from nothing.
1: Well, pretty sure uh, he's got something. I mean, we know Buffer's like the consummate uh, business professional. I got a feeling like he's already said every name possible and laid it down on tape. So <laughs> like when, when he can't be there anymore, the hologram and the licensing fee is still going to come in for the hologram. Like he's going to do just fine.
2: That's great. I you Listen, man, do not think that that is out of the realm of possibility with Bruce Buffer, man. He, he probably has some the Bruce Buffer soundboard set up and the hologram in there. It w- I would not put it past him.
1: Yeah, now Bruce Buffer is, I mean, you can't hold a, a good man down and technology not on the side of Bruce Buffer, but he joins us by phone. Bruce, you're now on the air.
0: All, I'll be fine to get this going. Get,
1: We're if, still if anybody... rolling, Bruce. I mean, you know, John Morgan and I are singing your praises without you on the program. <laughs> So you, you, you work on that. Let me know when you're ready, and uh, John and I will keep buttering your bread.
0: Okay. All right. I'm, All right. I'm, give me a couple minutes. We're trying to figure this out. I-
1: you, you do your thing, Bruce. You let me know. That's the thing what people don't really know about Bruce, John, is he's still a 60-plus-year-old man, and technology <laughs> still doesn't agree with 60-plus-year-old men.
2: Of course, he finally invites me on his show, and it's going to be the first show that he's not on. I'm going to be on It's Time with T.J. DeSantis. I mean, no offense, my man, but I I thought I was going to get to talk with Buff. It'll be this way. However it plays out, it plays out.
1: You need to take that back. It is not It's Time with T.J. DeSantis because that is a lawsuit and at least a (laughs) cease and desist lying in wait.
2: It's true. You probably need to write the man a check
1: right now. Right. It's uh, it's almost time with Bruce Buffer. It was time a little bit ago, but it'll be time again soon, at least uh, we hope. Uh, you were talking about 13 years, you said, in Vegas. Like, that's insane. Time flies when you're having fun, I guess.
2: It really is, man, to look up. I mean, obviously, you've been on this ride just as long as I have, and it's it's just weird how I think we kind of forget sometimes. You know, we start reminiscing about old stories, and you, and, you, and all of a sudden you realize, like, how long it's actually been, and you kind of forget sometimes that – I mean, we've really been a part of a historical time in the sport, you know, when this thing was really building up. And now granted, I mean, we're tiny little minuscule parts of it, but we've just been there watching it. You know what I mean? But uh, but still, it is it is amazing how fast time flies. And uh, yeah, man, just the, the ride that we've had at MMA Junkie and, and myself. I mean, going out to I remember going out to Vegas with my wife and and, and, and it, to be to be honest, didn't even really like Vegas that much. I mean, you know how it is when you go to Vegas for a fight week like it's cool and it's busy, but but man, you're ready to get out of the casinos by the time when you're stuck down on the strip the whole time. So I didn't even really love Vegas that much, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to move out there. I want to be right in the heartbeat of it and, and, and see how that goes. And I said, I'll give it one full year. And see how it plays out. And now, I'll be honest with you. I love Las Vegas. I would recommend anybody if they're if they're thinking about moving there. The cost of living, you know, is a lot lower than it is in some other parts of the country. We got great weather. Once you get off the Las Vegas strip, right. Las Vegas is actually a pretty cool little town. Uh, you just don't realize it when you're when you're stuck there in the big hotels. You know,
1: Summerlin is like among my favorite communities in the country. And uh, yeah. you know, i, I traveled the, just like you and. You know, I always try to, like, picture myself living in the places that I visit, and I I will tell you straight up, there's no way I could have ever imagined myself uh, living in in Vegas for the longest of times. But then uh, my friend moved out there, one of my best friends in the world, and, you know, I go out there every Thanksgiving now, and I literally don't want to leave, and we're nowhere near the strip, obviously, when I'm out there for Thanksgiving, but it's this – very unique. Uh, I, I know that Reno in the same state is the, the biggest little city, but uh, that's kind of what Vegas feels like, too, when you get away from, you know, the tourist traps and, and sort of actually engross yourself in the community. It's a it's a great little town.
2: That's a hundred percent. And It's always funny. Cause I mean, there is a million people there, but it, to me, like, you know, I mean, you're in Southern California. Like I grew up in Dallas, you know, the Dallas Fort worth Metroplex, obviously massive. So it is a big city, but it does have that kind of small town feel, you know, and it's, it's a great place to live. And uh, man, the convenience of it is awesome. You know, especially for a guy like me who loves, who loves a frosty beverage or two to right. not ever have a last call. Surely is the night I, I get, it, it, it hurts my soul when I'm someplace on the road and they're like, guys we're closing up, you're going to have to leave. I'm like, I'm not used to that, man. Yeah, what I do like, you mean like,
1: close? That's a, a four-letter word if I ever heard one. <laughs> close. Jeez. Um, getting buffer back here in, in a brief moment, but how clutch was being in Vegas with COVID? Like, y- you were there for all the big shows, and, you know, it, it would have been a lot harder if you were trying to make that commute from Dallas, I would assume.
2: Oh, I mean, I'm telling you, and really, I mean, the UFC apex. I mean, what a blessing that was for the UFC. I mean, can you imagine? You know how how fortunate they were to have built it when they did. You know, and it's funny because I know when they built the USC Apex, Dana White was like, "This is the future of fighting," and people came out and were like, "What are you talking about? It's a building. How can that right. be the future of fighting?" Whoops. I guess UFC president Dana White was right on that one. It, it really ended up being the future. Fight now. now I don't think they were planning for a pandemic, but damn, did it work out, man. It was so great to keep us all working, to keep the sport going, to keep the fighters going. And now they're still talking about, you know, building a hotel out there on that property so they can be, you know, completely self-sufficient and operate. I mean, unbe- unbelievable. Wait, 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 wait John, there.
0: wait, John, are you saying we're going back to am back guys? And I'm back. How's that? uh
1: well your microphone's not working right now it's not uh, the default setting unfortunately but i i don't know what to tell you bruce it's my job to tell you that i mean we can hear you it's
0: just not as good as it could be hi hey <laughs> you're back <laughs> top of the show middle of the show end of the show i mean it's the part where we drink lemonade because we've had plenty of lemons today Okay, sounds good. So we're back on target with John. How's that? Yeah,
1: you know, you were gone, Bruce. John and I were talking about how you're never going to quit this job. You're going to be in the octagon until the day you die. And then what do we do when you can't do the show anymore? And I told John that you're going to release the information about the hologram
0: and all the licensing fees that come with the hologram. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know what? The bottom line is, is that I always said, as you know, TJ, I don't want to go by a great white shark or I want to go is top right in the (laughs) octagon, right? It's the only way to go. Uh, Anyway, we went from 12 fights down to nine fights and culminating, you know, Donald Cerrone, Alex Morono. Dana White said yesterday, I think it was, that he's definitely going to give Donald another fight. And John, you being the MMA junkie expertise on MMA, UFC, everything MMA, how do you feel about Don Cerrone continuing to fight?
2: Ah, It's a tough one, man, you know, because I'll be honest with you, Cowboys kind of become my default answer. You know, people always ask you, you know, fans, who's your favorite fighter? And it's so hard to have a favorite fighter because, you know, we, we talk, we have relationships with all of these men and women and and they're amazing athletes, but you know, that's kind of a silly answer to give to people. So I've always said Cowboy Cerrone, man, you know, he's, I love his attitude. He shows up, he's got the anybody, anywhere, anytime mentality, you yeah. know, and, and we respect that in athletes and
0: absolutely
1: that now now John's internet isn't TV working into...
0: <sighs> No, you're here John we got you this you are now those. Uh,
1: now like where's where's the candy camera like I know I got a camera right there but I feel like you know
0: <laughs> I got cameras in my face right here in front of me you just don't see them <laughs> my goodness
2: <laughs> yeah well look it's it's tough to, to realize that we're at the end of Cowboy Cerrone's career because he's been such a great piece of the organization for so long and the WC before him you know he's been such a fan favorite but you know what if it's going to be one more fight and that's it, um, let's just do it in front of a crowd. We just got to get him in front of a crowd. I mean, he's such a fan favorite. that yeah. I, I, The opponent doesn't necessarily matter too much to me, but I think he needs to get that walk in front of a crowd one more time. The apex is amazing. We're appreciative of it happening, but it's just not quite the same experience, especially for a guy like that.
0: Uh, I, I agree. We've talked before how some fighters walk out, you know, without a crowd, they're fine. People like Conor McGregor need a crowd. I can't even, you know, imagine him not fighting in front of a crowd. Um butter it is you know, we have we've already seen it. We'll, we'll see what happens in Hulli July 10 T model. You know, just fuck with crazy. And then
1: uh I never took anger management classes in my life, but I think today might be the day that I sign up. You know what the problem is? This is actually
0: not a very bad show. Like, for all the technical issues, yeah.
1: I'm enjoying the conversation.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it's, you know. do your magic, TJ. Let's keep going, okay? <laughs> we have to. We have to. Yes, we have to. All right, real quick. Maurice Green, Marcos Rogerio de Lima, pretty much lays in praise on Maurice Green, a.k.a. old-style UFCs. Um, not the most exciting fight to watch, but it is a win. And then I understand Maurice Green got released by the UFC yesterday. Um, and, of course, as usual, probably Bellator will catch him falling out of the octagon into the Bellator cage. Um, you know, good for them. And not
1: not always. Not always. One not thing always. that uh, we've ha- seen with a few fighters, Chase Sherman stands out to be one of the, the clear examples, is uh, these athletes will be released from the UFC and then they'll go – to the smaller promotions that are available on fight pass. Jay Sherman went to Island fights. Uh, some other athletes have gone to other places and then they get right back in the Octagon sooner rather than later. And I think that's right. something that's uh, incredibly special and, and beneficial for uh, the fighters that really want to stay with the promotion, even if the UFC does give them uh, their walking papers. And, yeah. you know, John, I- I'm watching you on CFFC with CM Punk all the time. Like it- it's a great time to be a mixed martial arts fan because you can see high level in high level regional MMA as well. Uh, done with all the the flair and, and you know, pomp and circumstance of a, a high-level mixed martial arts event. And uh, you, you got a good seat there as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, you, you hit the nail on the head there, man. You talked about the Chase Sherman example in terms of Maurice Green. I think that's the path that it's going to be for him if he wants to get back. It's hard, man. The UFC is in such a difficult position. I mean, you think what Maurice did, you know, he relocated his family to New Mexico. He talked about making, you know, real changes and sacrifices in his life to try to better himself but the performance just wasn't good, you know? And there was even a moment during the fight, it was during a a timeout for a foul. He actually pulled himself over to the corner and was was talking to himself, like, pull it together. You know, you can knock this guy out. You could see, like, these words of affirmation that he was giving himself. But then the performance just didn't live up to it. And unfortunately, man, this is, the UFC is competing at the highest level, man. If you're not at the highest level, and I just don't think he's he's there yet. Not that he doesn't have the commitment, not that he doesn't have, you know, the physical tools, but he's just not there yet. And so, as you said, you know, Come, come get a couple fights in the CFFC cage or, you know, come somewhere else out there. We, we, we love to have you and, and just develop and, and, and work your way back. Cause uh, it's, it's tough. It's tough to stay at the highest level, right? I mean, it's hard to get to the USC. It's even harder to stay there.
1: And it's harder to get back as well. And that's one thing why I bring up the, the regional promotions for someone like Maurice Green is because y- you really sort of draw a line in the sand between yourself and the UFC if you do go sign with one of their competitors. And still, at the end of the day, everyone wants to be a UFC champion. And I'm not – that's not a slight to, uh, to Bellator or anything like that. Uh, but what I mean by that is Maurice Green is not the most – uh proven commodity as of yet so i don't even know if a bellator necessarily would be all that interested but the the bottom line is you know stay within the the fight pass family of promotions and if the ufc is still the end goal you're going to find yourself there a lot quicker too because if you go sign with the bellator you know maybe you get a great deal but if the goal is to get back to the ufc you're going to get locked into a contract and it's going to the bottom line is you
0: never you never ever want to leave the nfl i say that all the time you never want to leave the nfl for the cfl no offense to bellator but you want to be in the show, and the UFC is the show. And but well, if the hope- goal is to be a UFC champion, it's really hard to do that in Bellator. Yeah, obviously very hard. I don't think it's possible at all. Marina Rodriguez and Michelle Watterson. Um, guys, how did you score the fifth round? Because I actually gave it to Michelle, and when I got the scorecards, it was all for Marina. Was I not looking at the same fight? Uh,
2: I, I I had the fourth round for Michelle Watterson. I think Michelle, you know, round four was a clear one for, for yep. Michelle Watterson. But other than that, I, I, I had it 4-1 for her.
1: Yeah, you I did. had a four-one as well. I'm not okay. super upset with someone with a 48-47 scorecard, uh, but the bottom line is that 48-47 card. When you look at it on paper, it seems a lot closer than that fight actually was. Even if you yeah. go f- the fifth round for for Waterson, but uh, fantastic uh,
0: performance. I thought a fantastic performance. Actually, I thought by both of them, Michelle yeah. Waterson. I've never seen anybody throw the side kicks, the front kicks from such a short distance that this girl can throw. Is extremely, extremely entertaining fight. Extremely. Yeah.
1: yeah, and also, too, I mean, I know that both of them were fighting at 125, so it wasn't like the size difference was was crazy. But still, to move up, Michelle Waterson's on a flyweight. She's just not. So uh, I, I don't think that this performance says too much about her career moving forward by any means. To be no, honest, I, I
2: mean, I thought Michelle Waterson looked good, you know, and, and and she was exciting. And she goes to come in on short yeah. notice, to perform the way she did, to push all the way to the very end. She's just – she's she is undersized in that division. I mean, certainly at 125, but let's just she's call it a, a former Adam White champ, you know what I mean? Well, that's it if she could, if she could compete at Adam Wade, I think she'd be a lot more competitive against the elite level fighters. But the thing is she comes in there and she makes it exciting. She's fun. She pushes to the end. She had opportunities to quit in there. She didn't, she kept pressing forward. She's smiling at the very end. You know what I mean? M- Marina hit her with everything and she wouldn't go away. So look, I, I think Marina is, is, future title challenger type, uh, you know, level fighter, you know, whether or not she'll claim the belt. I always say that just depends on the matchup you have when yep. you get there, but you look at the striking skills that she has, she is elite in that division for sure. I'm curious, oh, no John, question.
1: real quick, your thoughts on on an atomweight division in the UFC because I think that there are a, a lot of talent, you know, that that are fighting at 115 that could fight at 105. I don't know if there is uh, enough depth to have uh, a division in the UFC that we're used to, you know, the way that the UFC promotes uh, across all their weight classes. But there there is some talent that would really turn some heads, I think, at 105.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. And you mentioned a fighter like Michelle Waterson who would benefit from having an atomweight division, but I don't think there's enough athletes yet. That doesn't mean that there can't be, but you know what I think it's going to take I think it's going to take some kind of a special athlete, you know, like an Amanda Nunes type situation, right? Like we don't really have enough athletes to have a women's featherweight division right now, but we have one. So, right. you know, maybe something like that. I would love to see it down the road. I, you know, I've heard that, you know, they've kicked it around behind the scenes and at least they're talking about the possibility of it. So, uh, I'd love to see it at some point. I don't think there's an immediate demand for it right now, but I would love to see it.
0: Me too. But let's go on to what we're going to where you are now, John, what I'm heading out to on Friday. And, uh, you know, John, I was just thinking about the fact that, you know, with these UFCs and all the UFCs you cover this today is Wednesday and you're there. And then you're there till Sunday. You're gone five days a week from home for each show. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And listen, man, I, the last thing I want to do is sit here and complain because I love it. You know, I mean, I, this this is my dream job and I'm fortunate to be able to do it, but it's it's hard. And I think that's some something that people forget sometimes. Where you have to think about like if this is something that, you know, you want to pursue for a living. You know, I, I love it it was easier when I was single. Cause I didn't mind, you know what I mean? Then I got married and got a little harder, but you go, Oh, well, absence makes the heart grow fonder. We have a little break from each other, but now I've got a son actually today guys is, is my son's ninth birthday. Oh my um, God. and I'm, and I'm not there for it. And I, I, it's, it sucks. I mean, not to get too behind the scenes, but like, I promised I'd never miss another birthday. I just decided like, you know what? i, I as much as I love the sport, there's not a fight that's big enough for me to miss my son's birthday, but I missed his last two. Because of the pandemic, you know, last year it was Jacksonville and, and I was like, listen, I know I said I wouldn't miss a birthday, but it's not really about a fight. It's about the pandemic and covering how the UFC is coming back and, and that sort of thing. And now this one, you know, we're just our second event in the, the I was like, ah, it's too soon for me to skip another one. So it's hard. I don't think people realize that. So the last thing I want to do is sit here and like, woe is me, the right. difficult life of an MMA reporter. But yeah, it's a lot of time away. And, and man, I, I'll tell you, that's one thing. This this pandemic has really made me realize, you know, being forced to be at home and not traveling much um, is how much I, I love spending that time with my son and and, and love being there. So, uh, yeah, man, you got to you got to you know realize what the value is of that time with family that you can't ever get. Oh, back.
0: absolutely. And you know what? I second that motion. This last year and a half of the pandemic, you know, not traveling around the world as much as we do, with the exception of two weeks on Fight Island or whatever the scenario may be. It's been a real pleasure to be home and a real pleasure just to go to Vegas and do those Apex shows. And we'll still continue to do that. i received the schedule for the next few months. There's more Apex shows coming up, but there's talk about international shows and I don't want to give anything away. You know, so kudos to you, John. Kudos to you. I understand. And and I hear from John Anik all the time how much he misses his kids and his wife, of course, Chrissy. So let's talk about what we're all here to talk about, along with everything else. Is UFC 262? The card is um, slightly sick, shall we say? Slightly good card. Slightly. Man, you know, Jacare Sosa on the undercard against Andre um, Andre Lee against Antonio Shevchenko, Valentina's sister, and I've been watching her Instagram and how they train together. They train so hard. You know, we get into Matt Schnell and uh, Rogério Buttonin, um, Caitlin. Uh, Chikugian is coming back. You can it tell is- it's a Wednesday, and Buffer hasn't done the uh, pronunciations yet. quite
1: yet. You can Sidiana, tell. You know, <laughs> he, that,
0: that's what I love about this show, Bruce. You destroy
1: these athletes' names on this show. Oh, I don't. Saturday know. Night- I mean,
0: maybe I get a couple wrong. Let's not say all. I, th-
1: I think you got all of those wrong. The, wrong only one,
0: the only one you didn't get right was, or
1: the only one you got right was uh, Jacare. Andre
0: Muniz. What do you think, John? I would go with Muniz. Okay, Muniz. Yeah. Well, great, because I just had a cameo today for somebody named Muniz, and I hope I did it right. Otherwise, I'm going to have to do a redo. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I think you should charge him more
1: for butchering his name. Be like, that's a custom Uh, right there. No one says your name like me.
0: Hey, I do all my homework before I get there. It's all good. That's what I'm saying, Bruce.
1: You never disappoint on fight night. So, again, it's a buffer exclusive. Bruce destroys the names on on Wednesday's show. Not all the time.
0: But it happened no. today. Not all the time. But it happened today. Dude, I
1: mean, great. if you knocked it out of the park, it'd be the first thing that went
0: right today on this show. So, yeah, exactly. Well, it's maybe we're just a little curse for the show a little bit. Tony Ferguson against Bernil Dariush. Um, that's going to be definitely it's great to see Tony back. I mean, who doesn't want to see Tony fight? But now we have Charles Oliveira in the red corner, Michael Chandler in the blue corner, fourth oh, contender against is. the third contender.
1: Take Please I mean, take more of my much. money, honestly, like I'll pay 100 bucks for this card. I really will. That's not yeah, hyperbole. Awesome. Like This is uh, a, I mean, the main event and co-main event, such huge stakes at 155 pounds. Uh, it's kind of crazy to see Tony Ferguson as an underdog to yeah, Benil Dariush. Is. I understand that this is a sport of what have you done for me lately? But Tony Ferguson at plus money, that's crazy.
0: Really, number five contender against number nine
1: contender, and he's the dog. Yeah, plus one ten, I think was the last line I saw on Ferguson. I don't
0: remember the last time I saw that. Has that happened recently? What do you mean?
1: I don't think so. Number five contender
0: against number nine contender. Number five contender being the dog. Oh
1: no, no, I can't recall that wide of a gap uh, in the top ten where the uh, you know the higher ranked fighter was
0: uh, you know uh, underdog. Yeah, exactly. Well. Michael Chandler being the wrestler, the striker, the all-round supreme mixed martial artist that he is, is this going to be a striking war? Is it going to be a ground fighter? Are we just going to see every bit of talent each of these men have, John?
2: Listen, I think it's going to be a well-rounded fight. I think we're going to see a lot of skills. I mean, both these fighters are, are excellent. And, you know, it's um, it's always a shame when it's a vacant belt. You know, I mean, uh, you know, Habib retired. And, and so, you know, you're not getting to beat that guy. So whoever wins, unfortunately, I think is probably there's going to be a little asterisk next to the name. And people are going to say, oh, well, you didn't beat the guy. But that all comes in time. You just keep beating future contenders and you prove your own worth there. But this is a fantastic matchup. And as you said, Michael Chandler, I mean, a great wrestler, but man, do you really want to take Charles Oliveira down and, and try to set up on top of him and hope that you like, I don't think so. That dude is as dangerous as they, I mean, that dude literally has every submission in the book, man. Yep. And it's been, it's been so cool to see Charles Oliveira, I mean, really grow up in front of our eyes, right? I mean, he came to the UFC at 20 years old. I mean, literally we've seen his height change since he's been in the UFC because he's, he's grown up, but he's mentally mature too. You know, I think he used to be that guy where If you could take it to Charles Oliveira early, you know, he would kind of wilt a little bit. And he was he was kind of a front runner, you know, to use a horse racing term. And he he, he couldn't come back. And I think that's the type of fight that Michael Chandler is going to put on him. Right. That's the kind of fighter that Michael Chandler is. He's going to start out. He's going to be aggressive. He's going to push the pace early. But I don't think Oliveira is that guy anymore. I think Oliveira is the guy now that can weather a storm, that can make some adjustments. And obviously that has a myriad of tools and he's got that long reach which is going to be a problem when they're on the feet you know michael chandler's kind of shorter stature is going to be an issue with knees coming his way and things up the middle if he's trying to shoot And then, like you said, in scrambles and on the ground, Oliveras is dangerous as they come. So I like the wrestling of Chandler. I like the power of Chandler. I was a fan of Chandler during his Bellator run as well. And it's so cool that we're now getting to see where he really does stack up here. I think he earned this right with the way he performed last time, with the way he performed on the mic last time. I mean, he nailed the whole package all the way. This is a great fight, man. I'm excited. It's a toss-up for me. I ended up picking Michael Chandler in our MMA Junkie Staff Picks. But I got to be honest with you, man. Seeing Charles Oliveira pull something off would, would not shock me at all.
1: It's funny you bring up that whole uh, idea of of Oliveira being a front runner because this is a, a fight where I feel like it's going to be Michael Chandler early or Oliveira late. And that's the you know sort of opposite game plan for uh, Charles Oliveira over the years. It was, you know, he was going to try to get the fight you know, out of there quickly. But now it's uh, one of those fights where I think the longer it goes, the more favorable it is for the Brazilian. But we'll find out on Saturday.
0: So basically, what you're both basically what you're both saying is that each fighter has a puncher's chance. <laughs> hey, in the case of Oliveira, kicker's chance as well. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Hey, Johnny, you try puncher's chance yet?
2: I love it, dude. Yes, puncher's chance is fantastic, and I'm not just saying that because Ron here. It is actually a really good beverage. People need to pick up some puncher's chance bourbon. It's good. Are you a bourbon guy? You know, listen, I lived, in, I lived in Lexington, Kentucky for a year. I wasn't much of a bourbon guy until then, but I started drinking a lot of bourbons when I was in Kentucky. You know, got, got exposed to some of the higher-end stuff. And I'm telling you, Puncher's Chance, it's, it's very smooth. It's drinkable, man. I, I, I like it.
0: Hey, John, we just won the uh, gold medal at the San Francisco Tasting Competition. There and a go. 95% rating for the liquor board. So, uh, you know, everything's how great. Going, is
1: that good? Good job. It's, it's
0: so cool. Everything's going according to schedule. As a matter of fact, Guy Fieri, the man that owns the restaurants and has the TV shows, you know, that travels around. He just sent me a picture of him holding puncher's chance, how much he likes it. So we're getting there. We're not That's at the awesome. $600 million Conor McGregor proper 12 sale p- price yet. But talk to me in about two to three years. And I guarantee you that we'll beat it. That's where I, I'm at.
1: You you say you're right on schedule, Bruce, but like I remember when you were telling me about this in between show recordings, and you know, you were very tight-lipped about this deal coming to fruition. It feels like it was on the back burner. You can't talk about it. You know, the eyes the are being dotted, the T's being crossed. And then once it was released, this thing is just taken off like a rocket ship. It's it's like GameStop stock.
0: Yeah, it well, exactly true. It's the old story. Never shoot till you see the white, don't shoot till you see the whites of their eyes. That's why I was staying a little mute about it. And now we're shooting. I've said it before. I'll say it again. The average craft distributor sells 3,800 cases in a year. We sold 10,000 the first three months. We're on target to do 35,000 cases this year. And we're only in about 20 states. And it's but, affordable,
1: too. Like, it's not it's not going to be something that you can't uh, afford when you get to the local BevMo.
0: It's a $60 bourbon that basically um, should it should sell for $60. That's the quality of it. But we price it around $30. And uh, it's working. It's working I even put on my Instagram there's places you can buy it on the internet you know and uh, be able to buy it and, and they ship to yeah. 45 different states which I'll tell you where that is in a second
1: drizzly drizzly does that service
0: drizzly, drizzly. yeah drizzly.com there you go thank you thank you very much I appreciate that Tj drizzly.com let's get out of the MMA world let's get into the boxing world a little bit Okay, Okay.
1: so we're not talking about the Paul brothers then, because that's really not the boxing
0: world. We touched on it last week and, you know, you heard Logan Paul say they're hiring security because of this so-called I'll murder you death threat from Mayweather when that happened. But, you know, tempers fly. Things fly. I heard a rumor that uh, Jake Paul's nose was broke. I didn't see that publicized, so I can't say that's true. But, Johnny, are you going to watch it?
2: Of course I'm going to watch it. Are you serious? (laughs) You're going to pay for it? I got a little, now hold on now now we're talking you know what I do behind closed
1: doors is my I'm just business. Saying, like you gonna go over to a buddy's house? Because I mean, oh, oh yeah, yeah 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 that's what you meant yeah yeah yeah. Oh no, exactly. no. I'll have a buddy. No, watch that's yourself, John.
0: You're going over to a buddy's house, okay? <laughs> <Right>.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I might go to a buddy's house. My a, a buddy VPN, a friend of mine. I don't know if right. you heard of him, but yeah, something like that. But no, yo, listen. It is crazy. I mean, we we had Danny Segura out there in Florida, and he was in the midst of all of it. And so he captured all of it, and, and we watched all the chaos of that press conference. And, you know, listen, part of it is ridiculous. But I'll tell you, I'll be honest. I've changed my stance a whole lot on this over the years. And obviously, we're talking about boxing, not MMA. But I used to be so worried about, you know, freak show-type matchups in an MMA. And I was, oh, it doesn't look good for the sport. You know, oh, this right. is that. It's bad. Look at the end of the day, it's entertainment. You know what I mean? It's prize fighting. It's entertainment, and this is a spectacle, and it's crazy. I mean, you look at the size difference between Mayweather and Paul. It's intriguing. Now, the skill difference is obviously immeasurable. I mean, Floyd should go in there and just absolutely wax him. But what if he doesn't? What, what if somehow Logan Paul can pull this off? I mean, don't. I mean, that's insane. It would be absolute insanity and chaos. And uh, yeah, listen, it's ridiculous. It's insane. But whatever, man, it's got my attention. And look, I see the clicks on MMA Junkie. It's hilarious because we get our comment section filled with people saying, why are you covering this crap? Don't cover this stuff. Please don't cover it. And I'm like, look at the traffic. Look how much you're clicking on it to to share it, to talk about it. How can we possibly stay away from it?
1: You know what the problem is, John? You're giving a little bit of hope. And maybe you don't even believe in that hope, but that hope is enough to get people like myself that are even on the fence of whether or not I should even pay attention, let alone pay for it, enough hope to be like, all right, maybe I should watch it. Like, I mean, you never know. Like, I don't want to be the guy that gets a text message from all his friends. Or are like, holy crap. Did you just see that? I don't want to be that guy.
2: That's it. That's it. You want to be tuned in and dialed in. It is. It's, 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 just, it's a circus. There's no question about it. It's insane, but listen, it's, it's generating money. It's generating interest. And, uh, I'll tune in. It, it should be fairly one. I, I'm assuming it's going to be incredibly one-sided. I'm assuming it goes as long as Floyd wants it to go. But, what if he gets caught?
1: I'm just curious if it's going to be a pro fight no it's so it's, it's an exhibition mission. it is okay, so that's yeah. that's been ironed out, yep.
0: That's how I understand it, John. I'm correcting that, right? I I
1: feel better about it then, honestly, because I was the dumbass who said that I don't think that Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather is going to be a pro boxing match because I don't think the Athletic Commission would sanction that due to the experience disadvantage. Uh, I was wrong. Uh, I definitely felt like I couldn't be wrong on this one. So the fact that it is an
0: exhibition makes me feel a lot better about it. Yeah, which you've been very, very big on. Very big on. You know, and then the other talk is uh, Anderson Silva is going to box Hector Camacho Jr., you heard that, John?
2: Yeah, it's uh... Oh, is, it, is Camacho Junior? No, it's um... Oh, no, it? it's gonna... It's uh... Um,
0: Caesar no, Savez Junior. Sorry, Julio Cesar Salvas Junior. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was telling T.J. the other week, and part of me forgot about that. Um, I've been filming for two days. My mind's a little bit of mush, but uh, I I had the honor when he was doing undercards on HBO, doing six round fights. I announced at least two of his fights when I did the prelims back a year, many, many years ago, and I used to work boxing events with Michael. It's good to see his career go on. You know, I just, John, I don't know how you feel about it, but I mean, mixed martial artists are mixed martial artists. They're not boxers, you know, unless they're boxers coming into mixed martial arts.
2: I, I do agree. It's 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 an uphill battle, and I think that's you know that's going to be the case for anybody, no matter how good of a striker they are. Especially if you're talking about fighting the elite. It's not like you're saying you know could Anderson go in there and fight some you know middle tier kind of fight. Like absolutely, Anderson Silva has fantastic striking skills even at this age. But you're absolutely right. I think it's going to be a difficult assignment for him. But you know what? Two things. A I'm happy for Anderson Silva because Anderson is a true legend of the sport. And he always talked about boxing, right? He always expressed interest in going and doing this. You know, he has a couple bouts early in his career, but he wanted to go back and do it. Now he's getting to do it. So he's kind of chasing a passion. So for that reason, I'm happy for him. And I'm happy that he's going to get to make some more money. Right. I mean, that's the hard thing about this fighting career, man. It's, It's finite. It can only last so long. And then, man, if you didn't plan right and you didn't get your venture set up and you didn't get your money set to the side and your investments done, you know, all of a sudden your your income just goes away. And so the fact that he's able to bring a little bit more income in to help support his family, I'm happy for him. As far as, you know, who I think is going to win or do I like his chances? I, I don't like his chances. And I don't mean that as any disrespect. It's just, as you said, it's two entirely different sports. It's the reason you don't see many boxers coming to mixed martial arts because they know what would happen to them. And, and, and the mixed martial arts, I think they like the challenge of, of trimming it down and going to that one discipline. But, man, when, you, when somebody specializes in that one discipline so much, it's just a whole other world.
0: I, they like the challenge, and I appreciate the challenge because they stepped up to it. They like the money. Right. Okay. Let's face it. It's a lot of money, and uh, with that being said, you know Conor McGregor just hit Forbes number one list at 180 million earned, the highest earning athlete, still maintaining that. You know the way he's branded himself and everything is something that I'm very impressed about. You know I'm all about branding and marketing, John and TJ. You both know that. So as a result, uh, TJ, you have that thing ready to go. I sent you. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I want to show you something, John, that I think you're familiar with, but I want to show our listeners. I. I am the co-founder of a new uh, site called millions.co, not com, millions.co. This is going to be one of the biggest things happening. It's already growing exponentially fast right out of the gate to give young athletes, young MMA stars. Let's say you're on, you're on Instagram. You've got maybe 5,000 followers, maybe 500. Let's say you're on, you know, you have 50,000, whatever the case might be. But most fighters that we know as most young athletes, they're not knowledgeable how to brand themselves Fighters are walking in, working for the purse, paying for their training uh, camp, everything out of it, much less everything else. I've always said you have to have a base to work from and then you build other revenue streams out of that base. In my case, let's call it the octagon as an example in respect to my MMA career. I met with my partners, the founders of this company and who are very successful in, the, in this industry and I was so impressed and I believe me, I don't need another deal. I don't need another project to manage or anything. I could not turn this down. So let me show a little something here and then we'll talk about it afterwards. Go ahead, TJ.
1: Real quick, little uh, technical work around here, Bruce. You may not hear the audio. I don't know if you will be able to hear the audio, that's but I okay. promise you the listeners can. So that's the same for you, John. So just uh, bear, bear with us if uh, you can't hear it, but here you Thank go. Thank you so much.
0: Millions is a great site for young athletes and established athletes. It's the finest sight I've seen come along in a long time. The reason being, when you're an athlete starting out, whether you're a boxer, a mixed martial artist, a Muay Thai fighter, or more, it's not about becoming a star, until you get a chance to sell merchandise and make money on many other areas in life aside from what you're performing in the sport that you're performing in. And Millions is the one that offers you all these chances. The team at Millions is so passionate about what they're doing to help young athletes and established athletes to have merchandise, to be able to communicate with their fans and to allow fans to be able to communicate with them, to be able to watch events with them, to be able to have direct contact with them and to be able to have merchandise about that think about it you have a lot of followers on social media you have a few followers on social media but you're building your brand all of us at millions on the team at millions are very passionate about what we do and that is why i became a co-founder because i want to give all the knowledge i have and all the knowledge and expertise that the entire team has to you to be able to be the best you can be to be able to earn income and to be able to be more in close contact with your fan base as your fans want to be in contact with you millions is one of the finest sites to come along in a long time and together we're going to be able to offer athletes so much more in the future as we grow together and i personally will do everything i can to make that happen why it's time to be the best you can be let's go and let's do it together there you go all right john i know you've been contacted by them what do you think of that john
2: I think it's exciting. I think, like you said, you, you the I, I've yet to talk to the people. They've reached out to me, and I do want to speak to them once we get done with this fight week about it. But um, I like it—the idea of putting it all together. And 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 as you said, you know, you and I had a little discussion about it before right. as well. You know, just helping these folks have a platform that don't necessarily have one now and don't necessarily know how to develop a platform. It's not—it's not easy to do. You know, I mean, obviously, as you you mentioned, a Conor McGregor who is a master of it, and but not everybody can be that. You know what I mean? So if these athletes can get a little help in doing that. I mean, that's 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 an amazing thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. And thank you for saying that. You know, the thing is, is that a lot of athletes think you have to be a star and suddenly you get a clothing deal, you get a Modelo deal, you get whatever you get, right? Manscaped deal, whatever the case might be. No, you can start doing this right away. People have fans right out of the gate. Those fans want to touch them, know about them. What millions.co is going to offer, is going to offer what we call AMA, where let's say they're watching a UFC fight that they're not at. Just like Joe Rogan has his fight uh what do they call it fight fight uh, fight companion fight companion or you know tj you do what you do and it's like here's their chance obviously charging a very little bit of coin where their fans can relate to them talk to them see them on video and share and watch the show with them as if they're over the house that's just one other aspect of millions.co well the merchandise they create is going to be really cool let me show you the first rendition of the shirt if you can let me get the other one i don't know if that's going to show but yeah oh it looks good it looks really good Really good. They're really good at what they do, and they let the fighters have a handle in the designing of their own clothes, everything. And this is going to teach. Like I've always said, I'd like to sit down and have a seminar for young fighters and teach them how to, you know, maybe save their money or do stuff with their money. But at the same time, them is on the branding aspect and how you know, obviously, social media. Everybody's trying to tackle. This is going to answer a lot, and it doesn't matter how small or how big. We've already got big a- athletes coming in, no matter how small, how big, and When they sell a shirt, get this, guys, 80% of the revenue goes to the fighter. Wow. That's huge. Where do you hear that? You get a license deal in most companies and most big productions or promotions. You're lucky. You're lucky to see 10% of the profits. Okay. So let's talk about giving money. You know me, TJ, you do too. I want every fighter to make a million dollars a fight. I want every fighter to make as much money as they can up until the time they got to put down their guns and find find another party to go to. They don't think that way as a rule. I wanna start helping them think that way. That's why I became a founder in this company and I'm very proud to be such. So listeners, everybody check out millions.co. And again, it doesn't matter what sport you're in, but we're gonna mainly cater to boxers, MMA fighters, Muay Thai fighters, of which there's many out there. Um, And we all know that Muay Thai fighters and kickboxers do not get paid a lot of money, right? So let's help these people make money. Let's help these people pay their bills. Let's help the people enjoy their lives aside from when they're not fighting for the three and four and five and six at a time that that happens to most people. So.
1: Let me just say something. uh, Let me say something based on uh, kind of what you're saying. This is not a product endorsement of of millions by uh, any stretch, but I I do want to say that I believe in the concept a lot, Bruce, because I have a pro wrestling podcast that I produce and we we cater to a very niche audience. But the way that we do so, uh, I mean, we make more money doing that for an audience of 2,000 than uh, if I had an audience of uh, 200,000. We're making uh, over $10,000 a month. Uh, through Patreon. And, and that's a, a site that really gives the creator uh, a lot more of an opportunity to directly deal with the people that sure. want to support them. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people fail to realize. Uh, would you rather have, you know, a small amount of fans really embracing you and giving you, uh, you know, financial support by buying your product and buying into your brand? Or would you rather just be a middle of the road guy to 200,000 people? Uh, I'll take the lesser number of eyeballs and more dollars any day of the week. And that's one thing that I think uh, that this service that you're launching here, Bruce, can really do is it gives the, the athlete a lot more uh, power and in, in say in how they can make money. And it gives them control which is what you're saying. I thought you, you were going to say it gives them a puncher's chance again and then throw that bottle up. But yeah, uh,
0: I don't think there's a puncher's chance when it comes to millions.co. I really think that it's just a very positive chance that they can start to benefit from. No cost to them, all the branding there, plus I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give back a lot. Anyway, that's all I want to say about it. We'll talk more about it as we progress. We just launched this week.
1: Well, especially if, if you're involved, thing- Bruce, if you're actually there and, and able to you know, advise the whole company, that's just going to benefit everyone that's involved as well
0: that's why they call me tj Aside, i know fans of the ufc i know i agree you know i'm an announcer on the weekends that's my weekend job boy scouts go to camp hang out with john morgan have a beer you know (laughs) i work during the week (laughs) all right you know have you guys seen the new panini ufc cards yeah i did i saw it on open box they are nice aren't they did you open one no they are really nice i've noticed on you know we talk about cards and collectibles on the show all the time john Things like how Will Chamberlain's rookie um, is going to hit uh, the memorabilia stock market. Um, they're valuing his, his jersey at $1.2 1, 1. 1.2 million, million that it'll probably go for. Um, I've been telling everybody that sports cards bought selectively and properly are just great investments. You know, unopened wax packs, graded cards, whatever the case might be. Um, the cards are selling like Panini cards are selling for $750,000 million. They're, they're limited cards. The UFC cards in the Panini box that just came out are already starting to go up in price, and you told me to tell you when I buy something, TJ. Yep, I just bought a case of twelve boxes for fourteen thousand dollars. Okay. Wow. The uh, boxes are selling for about a thousand, about eleven $1, hundred each now, eleven $1, hundred to fifteen hundred on eBay. I got them for a thousand seventy a box in this case. They started off roughly about eight fifty a box. They've already gone up to that in the short time they've been on the market. I will predict right now, and if you can make a note of this in your iPhone calendar or whatever, this time next year, that box will be worth a minimum $25,000. Dang. Wow. You, now, let me tell you something else I did. Tops came out with the cards in 2009. I made the mistake of not getting a case. I got tons of my own cards, which are selling graded 9 and 10 now for two dollars to $500 I see on eBay, and people are buying them. But the box itself was only $75, Okay just found out the box is worth $3,500 and selling cases of that case. I could have bought for eight fifty for the case. Let's say 800. That case is worth 30 to $35,000. Now what did I do? Right. Ask me what I did. Right. What'd you do? Right. The second issue of the cards that came out about six months later in 2009, I bought two cases. Okay. I paid about $750 a case. I was with our buddy, Dan Wilkin from memory lane and mm-hmm. we were going over stuff. He said, buff, do you know those boxes now are selling those boxes now are selling for 13, 1400 a box. So let's just take 12 boxes at 1300 times 12. That's 15,600. I went in my storage. I have two cases. I forgot I bought. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Now that is, am I going to sell them? No. No, I'm gonna hold on to him, John. I told T.J. numerous things. I've sold like one example. I've talked on the show a lot. Is I sold a 1981 Topps box of my of um, Magic Johnson or Larry Bird's rookie card, the panel card, right? I paid $1,100 for it. I paid $450 for it, and I sold it for $1,100 like three years later, about six years ago. That sold for $50,000 last February.
2: Oh, oh,
0: it's crazy, but um memorabilia you buy it correctly not all the modern day cars because they make too much but limited panini has proven itself and i encourage everybody out there you want to make a little investment for yourself if you want to follow some advice from uncle bruce and just say sit on it for five years buy a box for 1100 if you can find it and i guarantee you'll double your money in the next two to three years now can you do that by putting your money in the bank no absolutely not do it by buying crypto and watching it go like this and have a friend. Yeah, you can make money, but you can also have. How Azure. is that? Oh, that's a technical term, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's always ways to make money, folks. This is just one way. Okay, one way. Are you guys fans of Matrix Four or Matrix rather? Oh, uh, I, I mean, the the movie franchise. It's, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I am, but I'm not. So anyway, um, I just, I, it's like one of those films. That I know it's so well done. There's so many fans, but I'm happy to announce because I'm a Keanu Reeves fan. They're returning for Matrix four. They're making Matrix four. I, I thought there already was a fourth one. So that's, um, they probably got it in the can. No, not released yet. To I, I got to go. I got to go, too. <laughs> I got to go, too. I will. This, say has, one been, last this has been a nightmare
1: of a show, but I think we made it to the other side.
0: You know what, Johnny? It's so fun to have you on the show. Will you come on the show with us once in a while? You know, when we don't have technical difficulties.
1: A buff.
2: Anytime. You know that, man. I enjoy talking to you every Saturday night, so why wouldn't I do it on a, on a Wednesday afternoon?
0: Exactly. TJ should see it. I walk by John's desk. I always like to bust him up a little bit when I'm walking by. <laughs> it's fun. You, I'm see, announcing you see what that. he
1: just did there? He turned all of press row into John's desk. If that's not a <laughs> statement, I don't know what is.
0: I look for I'll the blue. It. I look for the blue shirt. He's just got a variance of it on right now. That's all.
1: I was just wondering if, uh, you know, snippets of that blue shirt are going to be available in a soon to be released uh, Panini set. Hey, John- if they got the kind of money Buff's talking about. I right. might be into that.
0: Yeah. How about if I told you that millions.co would let you and John Morgan for your fan base do the same thing the fighters are doing? What would you say to that? I mean, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, sure. Listen, to, listen, to Uncle Bruce. I'm working on certain things, gentlemen. Okay. What would you I'm say to an affiliate you. program that I told you that every young fighter you referred, you got a nice percentage for the very first year of everything they did for helping th- them make I, money? I think I'm way too lazy to make that benefit <laughs> me, but I try. might be TJ, but I don't think John Morgan is.
1: No, no, he's a hustler. Yeah, I, I want that hustle.
0: All right. Well, again, I'm, I'm kidding when I say Uncle Bruce, but just the bus no, might have not. something for no, you.
1: You're not, you're not kidding. Yeah. You're Uncle Bruce.
0: Hey, it's all good. It's better than uh, Tito Ortiz suing Huntington Beach for fifteen hundred dollars uh, unemployment check while he's collecting medical insurance. Yeah, no what comment said? on that one, Johnny.
2: Any comments? No, no comment. Look, look those meetings are hard to watch. I, I like Tito, man. I, uh, it I was like an Tito honor too. Co- I was an honor covering Tito's career, man. But uh, yeah, this this stint as city council, I, I'm I'm not so sure. Some of these meetings that I've watched unfold, it's a it's a little it's a little wild.
0: Yeah, it's a little wild. Well, this, the world's a little wild now, John, and we're starting to hopefully calm down a bit, but John, thanks for being on the show. Um, are you now on Friday, when you get tested again, you got to quarantine like me for 24 hours, right?
2: That's it. So we'll be, we'll be tucked away in the hotel after that test quarantining for the fight, but, uh, but we'll be here.
0: Thank God for online poker movies and fixing my fight cards for the next day. Otherwise I wouldn't know what to do. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Hey John, let
1: everyone in press row know on Saturday night that they're sitting at John Morgan's desk yep keep
2: it keep it tidy guys gals keep my desk tidy here all right right. be careful
0: keeping it real (laughs) i hear the first question of the press conference and i always know the voice i don't know how you pull it off but kudos to you mr morgan kudos to you
2: thank you bro i appreciate it thanks for having me man i enjoyed it
0: you're welcome it's always good to have the respect of dana white that's for darn sure (laughs) doesn't hurt all right listen john anything you want to tell our audience before we sign off
2: no, I man. listen, I uh, appreciate all support over to MMA Junkie. Of course, I'm on social media. I got my own podcast, the MMA Roadshow. So if you've never heard it, give it a shot. We just uh, basically sit around and drink frosty beverages and talk about MMA. So if you're into that sort of thing, give it a shot.
0: This makes your chance really, really listen, well.
2: We, we had an episode based around a bottle of Puncher's Chance, and the whole bottle went down during the episode, and it went down quite smoothly. The conversation tailed off downhill at some point, but uh, but we enjoyed it. It was It was on point.
0: I got to get you a bottle of the cask. Uh, that's 116 proof. That's 90. We have 116. I'm coming out with a 12 year version in the next few months.
2: All right. You got to get me in on the, on the leading edge of that. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a beverage connoisseur, so I would appreciate a little sample of that. Hey,
0: if you're John Morgan, you get a package at the door. You know what I'm saying?
2: That's what's up. That's
0: what's, that's up. what's up. All right, TJ, what's up?
1: Uh, Let's see here. Today's Wednesday, tomorrow's Thursday, I think the new episode of UFC Unfiltered will be up. I uh, was a special co-host with Jim Norton. I filled in for Matt Sarah. It was a ton of fun. We talked to uh, Michael Chandler and Tony Ferguson. So uh, hopefully people will check that out. Uh, Also, new extra rounds with myself and uh, Pearl Gonzalez. That's going to be up by the time people hear this. And then we'll be live immediately following UFC 262 on the Fight Pass Facebook page. Or uh, check out the archive
0: anytime on UFC Fight Pass. Fantastic. Say hi to Jim and, uh, and uh, Pearl for me. Will you please? Will do. Jim's a good buddy. I like that guy a lot. Okay. Uh, for me, um, it's my birthday, May 21st. And speaking of quarantine, I'm going to be quarantined at the beautiful Holiday Inn in Las Vegas for the UFC at the Apex that weekend. So, John, if you're there, would you kind of knock on my door and say happy birthday? Because it's going to be online poker and a, a little cupcake with a candle and going.
2: <laughs> Consider it done. A little, a little cheers
0: through the door. Big cheers. No fears. That's why I celebrate my birthday a week before and a week after, because you never know what the day your birthday is going to be like. You know, that's been my oh, policy my entire life, although every at this stage, I'll be 64. So every day I wake up from now on, I'm going to say happy birthday. <laughs> Unless I'm in the octagon. It's t- <laughs> don't do it. Pop. We need you. We're all counting on you. All right, everybody. John, love you, brother. TJ, love you, brother. Everybody out there, love you for listening and tuning in. I love all the new listeners coming in. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. We have things to give away, and I want to give away when we have enough subscribers on there. So I'm looking forward to doing that now that we're doing live shows. because It could involve little ticky, tick, tick, ticks to a UFC. That's all I'm going to say. All right, everybody. Step on that path. Set your goals. And when you step on the path, know what you're doing so that you believe in yourself and you be the best you can be. To the best of everybody around you, show respect to your sphere of influence, and they'll show respect to you. But get on there. Be the best you can be. If you're number one, great. If you're just doing your best job, then you're winning. And that's what we're all about on It's Time Radio. That's what I'm all about in my life. So it's time to win. And I'll see you from the Octagon on Saturday for UFC 262. John, take care. TJ, take care. I love my brothers, man. If it wasn't for guys like you, I don't know if I'd still be in this business. Thank you so much.
1: Can you give us the buffer out or no?
0: Buffer out! It's time with Bruce Buffer is a TJ DeSantis production and is property of Buffer Enterprises Incorporated. Its content is intended for private use only.